Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is up? My name is Curtis, and I'm just your typical Spike. On the line with me, also still a Spike, despite uh, many reasons why we shouldn't be Spikes anymore, <laughs> my good buddy and producer extraordinaire, Cameron McCoy. Dude, we're recording late because we have a band cast. So I don't know if you want to put the audio in here for bandcast. It'll be a bandcast, yeah. Bandcast. So, dude, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Uh, good. You know, th- this is like one of the most um, bittersweet, yin and yang. I mean, like, you know, polar opposites of how I feel about a bandcast. I'll just say that. Well, usually they're super easy, right? Bandcast. Um, are the ones that we're just like, okay, well, let's pop on and talk about this stuff. Mm, mm-hmm. There is a lot to talk about here, but I really actually think the other news is more important. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to talk about this. So was it two weeks ago, one week ago, we talked about SCG basically ceasing their live stream competitive coverage. Now today it's come out that over the course of the next month, Basically, their competitive article team is being disbanded. Um, on, on the ill-portent list, um, <laughs> where are you putting this one, Cameron? Yeah, this is bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing else to say about it. It's a, a huge feel-bad. Um, I, I mean, I feel bad for every single person who is on the staff and has been dealing with this I, and I don't even know what's to blame. It, I mean, there's just, there's so many factors at play um, that I feel like have just kind of snowballed this or accelerated it. It's kind of like the death of movie theaters. It's like, yeah, we could kind of see it on the horizon in 2019, but here we are. And it, it just feels like it, it came up way too fast. Um, so here's where I think there's a difference. I know I'm going to get some pushback on this. I think there is a difference in what is happening to movie theaters versus something like competitive magic. Okay. okay? The main difference being <coughs> movie theaters are forever going to be up against inefficiency of delivery um, and cost differences for schmucks like me that have to drive a ways to get to a movie theater. I'm like 20 minutes away from the nearest one. Then I have to buy four tickets plus food, whereas at home streaming is, I mean, I would say significantly easier. Now you could say, well, arena is significantly easier to play than live magic. I don't know that I would agree, but some people might say that. Um, I feel like there was a market here, and instead of making the right changes to, and, and, and I mean competitive magic, to make the right changes to support it, Watsy is running the other direction, claim that they're making a bunch of profitable decisions when the truth is a bunch of monkeys banging, banging on typewriters could have made their collectible market go up, right? Do you know baseball cards completely boomed? Like completely boomed over the quarantine, hmm. right? Massively. We've talked multiple times about my most recent obsession watches. Those also boomed over the quarantine. Basically, that market hasn't really done anything different, right? Yeah, yeah. So collectible markets all through the roof, basically. But now this feels like a major domino falling, like a major domino consequence of Watsy not supporting organized play. Think yep. about how much free advertising 
they got out of Star City Games. Star City Games is a business. They were making money. I'm not saying this was all, you know, like a non-for-profit. But how many people got into the game based upon a strategy article they read on, on Star City Games? It's true. How many people gained an understanding of a format? How many people gained an understanding of what Friday Night Magic is? Like, guys, Star City Games... Like, those articles predate Channel Fireball. I would argue Channel Fireball is really instrumental on the video end of, like, draft videos and things like that. Um, a better person than me could probably articulate this as a timeline. But I remember when Kamigawa Mirden came out, and I, went, I came back to the game after being gone for a few years, uh, reading articles on Star City Games to, like, figure out what the heck was going on. <laughs> Multiple times I've had premium. I don't have premium now. Um... But it just, it, all of this reeks of something that you cannot show on a spreadsheet. Therefore, the executives at Wizards of the Coast, right, said, eh. Yeah. And it's like this. Cameron, I'm about to hit you with a football analogy. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sometimes sports dabbles in statistics and misreading statistics to uh, apply incorrect results, right? Mm -hmm. So there are only four teams left, right? And one of them is the Kansas City Chiefs. My Kansas City Chiefs. I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm not going to hide from that, right? Hmm. Interesting, yeah. But by every conceivable yeah. metric, over the course of the season, the Chiefs had, like, the seventh best quarterback in the league this year, right? Because they had these algorithms that said, oh, there's these passes that he made that were higher risk, or he had a stretch of games that was bad. But basically, in the playoffs, he's been perfect. So again, it's just like you can't get the return on investment based upon that sample size, but over and over again, we see this thing works out, right? There's mm -hmm. got to be mm -hmm. something there. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to tell you is I think this is going to have dire consequences, and it's going to continue. Like, who knows what's going to happen with TCG? Who's, who knows what's going to happen with Channel Fireball? I don't know that... Magic can survive as casual only in the way that we think of it, mm -hmm. right? And in that absence, Yu-Gi-Oh's coming back. I don't know if you've seen this, but like on my Twitter feed, I know you spend a lot less time on social media lately because you're a smart person. <laughs> Almost everybody that I read that's following Magic, they've switched to Yu-Gi-Oh's client, Cameron. Interesting. Weird. Okay. Another big chunk of those people, they're previewing flesh and blood cards. Yeah. And this, it doesn't, it's, again, this isn't a, oh my gosh, the whole, everyone's playing Yu-Gi-Oh now. It's an erosion, mm. right? It's something that's, it's terminal, but it's not all the way there yet. And the people running the ship, like, some of them have to know that this is bad news, right? But... That's not the corporate culture. Sorry, I mean, we could just go down this naysaying. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm not trying to be like, well, maybe I am trying to be a little apocalyptic about this day of the game. I'm hoping you can rescue me, Cameron. Give me some positivity. Um, <laughs> I liquidated a lot of my cards. <laughs> oh. Um, not, <laughs> ooh, um, not great, not great. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, other than that, I mean... There Popper's is looking fresh. Yeah. Pi yeah. <laughs> like, Pioneer. Pioneer is legit great. It's this untainted, beautiful thing that exists. Um, and you can, you can play a lot of things, I think, and have a good time. 
Um, so yes, things that, I mean, there's a lot of things that suck right now, but Pioneer, I do genuinely believe is a, uh, a bright shining thing. And I don't want wizards to touch it at all. Let it, I, I love how like, this is just, it feels grassroots. It feels like a lot of just like people who are passionate about magic and, and competition and having like just friendly games this this does feel like there's there is a place for it still so um Dude, that's what i'm saying man Pioneer. i've got an idea you and me we can be the cabal of people that decide whether stuff gets banned or not banned in pioneer just like popper has its you know council of elders or whatever i yeah. can't remember what they're called you and me i mean i don't know if two people make a cabal i don't know exactly how but we can work in the shadows. Yeah. I mean, like, the Pioneer card pool is as old as the Spike Feed. I mean, so it makes sense that we should be in charge of that. Yeah. Dude, again, I'm using the word cabal here. <laughs> okay? I just think that's a thing that I've never been in. Sounds pretty dope. So let's go with cabal. Absolutely. Right? Um, all right, some cards got banned. Hmm. Some cards got adjusted. I don't know if we want to talk about that too much. <laughs> oh, <laughs> rant about that. Um, <coughs> so here's what's weird. No bands in, uh, in modern. Standard. Allrin's Epiphany, Divide by Zero, and Faceless, Faceless Haven. All banned. Um, I got to be honest with you, this kind of surprised me. This feels like change for the sake of change. Neon Dynasty isn't out yet. It's like, mm -hmm. what, two weeks away or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're banning these cards. <coughs> All right, sorry, I'm just like, I'm having trouble swallowing this whole uh, ban list. <laughs> and I, I want to be measured here, because I do think this is meant to shake up the metagame. This is a stupid group of cards to ban. All Runs Epiphany, I will accept. Mm -hmm. But are we really serious about Divide by Zero and Faceless Haven? Like, this is just to freshen up the metagame, right? There is no way these cards are above what we're accepting as the power level. Yeah. For yeah. Faceless Haven? <laughs> I, I mean, have you played Mono Green? <laughs> Like, I mean, it, it just doesn't matter, like, with Faceless Haven, right? Mono Black. Like, I mean, these are, like, legit good decks, and that that's great. Um, Faceless Haven, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about Divide by Sarah, but Faceless Haven is the one that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Other than, like, yeah, they want to spice it up. They don't want to see Snowlands anymore, and so here we are. Um, super weird. Rask get a lot better now. I mean, yeah. but but again, you have to devote you have to devote so much resource and deck building bandwidth to make Faceless Haven work, and it is a good card. Again, this mm -hmm. is a very good Magic the Gathering card, and I remember when it was previewed, and I was much much higher on it than I think a lot of people were. Um, but it's a four three Muta Vault that takes three Snowlands to activate. I mean, yes, you lose to Faceless Haven, but it's it's so it's so unremarkable, dude. Uh, we're talking about a three mana man land that you can kill with anything. Mm -hmm. 
Um, mm-hmm. th- this one to me is like worse than Reflector Mage, worse <laughs> than Rampaging Ferocidon, yeah, worse than Curd Ape. I think this is a, just a really ridiculous ban. I, I mm-hmm. are, are we really, really that upset that Mono Green and Mono White are two of the best four decks in the format? Like, really? Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, talk to me about Divide by Zero. Go. Oh, dude. You want to talk about the sins of Reflector Mage? <laughs> Here we are again. Um, and I really do believe, I genuinely believe that, like, it's a well-designed card. I think it's a wonderfully designed card. It's a very powerful card, no doubt about that. But people don't like getting their stuff bounced. And we saw this with Reflector Mage, which was like the biggest head-scratcher for me. I mean, Rampaging, Ferocidon, whatever. Like uh, That one will always be the whipping boy. But like Reflector Mage, solely because people just didn't like having something returned to their hand and it's sitting in their hand and they can do nothing with it. Um, it's unfun the way that a counterspell is unfun, you know? Um, mm, yeah, I, I I'm really salty about this one uh, just because I, I, on its face, it's a very powerful card, but ban worthy. I just disagree with, I think, so- I think it, it kept a lot of things in balance. Yeah, so it's weird because I do think it was stealth, like the best card in control, and it kind of propped control up. However, now you get into this stuff of like, so whole Breacher Horror, you can't interact with, really? I mean, I'd have to look, but that was like, Divide by Zero was the thing that kept it, you know, out of play and on the stack and all this. Um, Leer is basically unplayable now um, because you don't have Divide by Zero, so you would mm-hmm. be all on fading hopes, and I'm sure there's another bounce spell somewhere, but it doesn't have that like innate value. But the other big problem with Divide by Zero are being banned is like that was the lesson card. That was the constructed yeah. lesson card, and it kind of made, in at least in the early stages of the standard, it's interesting to create your wish sideboard and have a wish sideboard in a standard format. And that kind of felt new and interesting. At least I felt like there was decisions to be made of like, do I get environmental sciences? Do I get this lesson? Do I get that lesson? Um, But you're right. It's the, the psychological feel bad of bounce where uh, green can play a two mana, you know, 70, 70, uh, creature <laughs> and it's fine like you know that's totally yeah. okay and it's just like we keep ratcheting up the power level of the creatures and making spells like it's it is a three mana I mean basically a, a bounce and draw spell right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. <clears throat> oftentimes you can't draw the thing that you need you're just kind of drawing incidental value so there's a squadron hawk like quality to it yeah um but it's a good card. I mean, it was a, it was a good Magic the Gathering card, right? And like, then you kind of get into like with Faceless Haven and Divide by Zero, and then it's like, well, why is Luminarch Aspirant not on this? Or, you know, whatever. It's easy to start pointing fingers at all these other, quote, problem cards, right? Right. And 
their idea of this is going to push things back towards mid-range, no, no, no. No, no, no. You're still... Hey, I don't know if you've heard of this card, Goldspan Dragon, Cameron. But you're still going to be playing cards to get that online as quickly as possible. Right? (laughs) You're still going to be playing mono white and mono green because they're still single color man man lands. And it's really hard to make the argument that you need to be in two color aggro when mono green and mono white are so good. So like if on its face, you might say, Oh man, if you're a mono white player, this is disaster. Not really. You take the faceless havens out, you put four planes in, you're good. Or you put the four, you know, white man lands mono green. You're just playing layer of the hydra or whatever. And off we go, right? Now, by the way, you might even think about Fields of Ruin, which makes you even better against control. Yeah. Um, but what this effectively has done is cut the legs out from blue-red control, and I would argue blue-black control is 100% unplayable right now. Yeah, like, I, I think that's a, that has to be a completely new deck now. Yeah. Yeah. And so you effectively destroyed... One of the three best decks in blue-red spells, but that's probably just going to become blue-red dragon, right? Like, Auron's Epiphany was in that deck, but it wasn't, like, the only thing that that deck did. Um, And then you effectively killed the actual control deck. Mono-white and mono-green, this is going to represent a speed bump to them, I would suspect. Mm -hmm. Um, And in fact, now their mana is even better in the sense that they don't have those awkward things where, oh, I've got a Lair of a Hydra and two Snow Forests, so I cannot activate my Faceless Haven. Like, that's just yeah. not going to happen anymore. Their main lands yep. are 100% of the time online. So, I, I would love to have faith in this, this BNR, like, but this just strikes of, oh my gosh, people are not playing standard. So we're going to make these changes. Right? Yeah. But it's like, okay, are people not playing standard because they're sick of it? Are people not playing standard because you split the player base between alchemy and standard? Are people not playing standard because you're not supporting organized play? These are things to think about in yes. your head, wizards. <laughs> All of the above, yeah. Is it really because divide by zero? We're really worried about divide by zero? <laughs> I think that we, there might just need to be some really hard soul searching going on here. Yeah, man. Okay. You're you are a legacy correspondent, Cameron. Yeah. You know what you know what they should do? Just print more powerful cards. That's what they should do. Um and then and then you can create whole new Delver decks and it'll be great. And then they'll ban them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So uh, Okay, so Ragavan, the thing we're dancing around here is legacy is banned Ragavan. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that the card has had very similar effects in Legacy and Modern, at least from, you know, 3,000 feet or whatever. Um, but the Legacy community seems to have really hated Ragavan, like a lot more than the Modern community. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, again, from afar and what I've seen on Twitter. Give me your knee-jerk on this one, Cameron. Are you happy that yeah. Delver of Secrets, you know, meets back on the menu? Uh, yeah, right. Uh, I will say that, like... The the biggest difference, um, just playing some legacy with with Ragavan in the format, um, and not playing a lot of modern. I mean, Days and Force of Will. What they mention in the modern or the uh, their their banned list, I tend to agree with. Like, there's not a lot of good ways to 
back up Raghavan with in in the um in the modern format whereas with days and force of will there are so like it just becomes increasingly problematic where it's like you're netting so much value in those early turns with Raghavan that um i agree what i just can't stand is like that this card was i mean the moment it was announced and spoiled and we talked about it and I, I we should go back to that because I'm pretty sure we we're like how was this printed how was this even let into the wild from R&D because it was just so pushed so glaringly obviously pushed um and I would love to tell you that this is the last time this is going to happen in legacy, but it ain't like, I mean, modern masters three or pioneer masters one, whatever they're going to call it. We're going to print brand new cards that are going to be for exclusively non-rotating formats. There's going to be another Arkham's Astrolabe, Hogak, Raghavan that is just going to be so absurdly pushed. Um, it's going to warp the format. And um, Wizards is the, they're 100% okay with that because it just means you're buying those cards to put into your deck that you think that you're not putting any money into. Oh yeah, because it doesn't rotate, so it's gonna be it's gonna be fine, right? So, <laughs> all right. So let me let me just address this. So first of all. I've only played against Raghavan in the context of modern. I think I've played against it in two or three separate tournaments, okay, in person. And even, like, on its face, a storm deck that can potentially ignore Raghavan, like getting hit by Raghavan a couple times, you know, as long as they don't, like, get my one grape shot or whatever, um, mm -hmm. I'm pretty well okay. Um, I think this card is, again, it's hard not to be cynical about it. Um, and I don't know why this is not also banned in modern outside of monetary reasons. It feels like Chromox. Now, again, you were, you mentioned a bunch of cards like Arkham's Astrolabe. That was like, what, a dollar card? Uh, Hogak, even at its peak, was an eight to ten dollar card, right? But Raghavan <coughs> is a much more expensive card, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, and so it kind of feels like that is causing them to not pull the trigger on it. Um, I've, I think it is a terrible design, ridiculously pushed. This whole argument of, well, that forces you to play removal really feels hollow to me because that's what it doesn't do as a Storm player. I am <sighs> not playing removal because you got a Raghavan. My whole thing is I'm trying to play less interactive, faster. I don't care about your stupid Raghavan. And if I know there's a tournament of Raghavans, I'm either playing a hardcore control removal deck or I am playing a non-interactive combo deck. There is zero chance I'm showing up with Jund. Zero chance. Mm -hmm. Right? Or something else where you can get this kind of weird value. <clears throat> the other thing that people aren't, that we're kind of surprised about. So, first of all, a lot of people were like, this is great for modern. I'm so excited. Uh, no bans. The, the metagame's in balance. But there has been a grumbling about the companions. Specifically, <laughs> Loris has caused a lot of these decks that are. You know, traditionally Death Shadow decks, they don't always have to be. Now they can be Raghavan decks, whatever. But essentially the interaction between Luris and Mishra's Bobble 
you know, basically makes a, a massive amount of cards unplayable in those decks. For example, you ain't playing Gurmag Angler anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's shifted those decks. I don't know if I feel like that's necessary, necessarily a negative. If I'm being super honest with you, I have not played Lurus in a Death Shadow deck yet. I have the stuff for it, and I just haven't done it. Um, but, there, I mean, Yorian, according to MTG Goldfish, is the third most played deck, right? So yeah. we're still living with the Companions thing, too. I know you want to talk about Modern Horizons and how massive of a thing that was. The Companions ain't nothing either, right? Oh, no, yeah, they're still an issue. <laughs> yeah, so all things we're thinking about. Like, Hammer Time plays Lurus, right? And a lot of the control decks play... Is it Gigantha? The you know every every creature in your deck has to be a cat, beast, whatever, and yeah. because you have no creatures, you just effectively have an extra card. So we're still kind of living with that, and I mean, I don't think there's a world in which they ban companions, but if we we saw serious like high level competitive modern like pro tour level, I think six of the top eight decks would have companions. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I mean, it would be something absurd like that. And then the other two would be, and then what? Probably four of them would be Ragavan slash Merktide region decks. Yep. <laughs> so hey, there's Good that. Format. Good for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, all right, so hey, let's just keep the negativity rolling here, <laughs> <coughs> and let's really get toxic with it and take the form of "We told you so." So um, look, we're not going to cover alchemy. I don't care. I think it's a dumb and bad format. And I actively don't want to talk about it on this show almost ever again. However, when we first got this, you and I both postulated, hey, this means they're going back and touching old magic cards. Okay? So here we go. Teferi Time Raveler. Two. A white and a blue. So that's four CMC. Your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. Plus one, until your next turn, you may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash. Minus three, return up to one target artifact creature enchantment to its owner's hand. Draw a card. Starting loyalty five. Okay. So, now we got two Teferi Time Ravelers, Cameron. I, I, the, the problem is the audience doesn't see the level of, like, disgust on your face right now. Yeah. It, I, it's it's like a smile, but it's kind of a smile in a Willem Dafoe kind of way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, hit me. What are you thinking, man? I think it's awful. Uh, own up to it. Ban it. Call it good. Like, and I'm going to play my Teferis in other formats. Um, and the thing that just gets my craw, like, I mean, it really just, it's just like when you click on and you get into like all their, their articles or whatever, and they talk about, in addition to the 18 rebalance cards, we rebalanced Teferi, and it's all super positive. Um, with the understanding that we have no intention of rebalancing iconic cards with significant magic history, e.g. Brainstorm. So, picking and choosing which cards are iconic and which ones are not, I don't know. It, it, that just rubs me the wrong way in a way that, uh, yeah, it just it, it just upsets me. I hate it. I hate it so much. So, also, 
it's a short list of cards that are more significant than Teferi Time Raveler. I mean, 50 cards maybe? 30 cards? I don't know. Like, We're talking about a card that is one of the most important cards of its standard era uh, mm-hmm. and has seen legacy, modern, pioneer play. Like, This is not a, you know, I don't know, a Siege Rhino. Like, it is even more so than that, right? Like, yeah. I feel like it's a significant card in the history of Magic. Um, just yeah. because it's not like, like 20 years ago. The uh, way they're able to compartmentalize that by saying, like, Brainstorm is too important, but um, eh, Jace Mind Sculptor might be on the edge, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, just all this stuff. And then, once again, there, there are effectively two Teferi Time Ravelers now. And how is that good for your game? You are creating confusion across the board. I was talking to my shop owner. I guess some person unknowingly went to the shop trying to find the digital-only card of Magic, couldn't find it, and then was legit confused about Luminarch Aspirant. This is, like, legit actually has happened within, like, you know, months of alchemy. Um, so here we are, and my God, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's what I would want to know. Like, And again, this is what happens when we get these canned press releases. And unfortunately, Magic is such a niche thing. You don't have a real like, kind of press or like media yeah. coverage for someone yeah. to go, what is that line? Do we consider Oko iconic? Yes, no. What about Stoneforge Mystic? Is that yeah. iconic? Tarmogoyf? Snapcaster Mage? Where are we drawing this line? Does it have to be something printed before 2000? And again, they get to put these wishy-washy statements up, which they are going to shred in a certain number of years as soon as they feel like it's profitable for them to change. Right? And the person who wrote mm-hmm. this probably won't even be there. Right? No. Like, Yeah. Yeah. So, like, this is this is the problem, guys. It's like... I mean, I really feel like the only way to get this back to where it should be is to become a billionaire and buy Hasbro, right? Like, this is it, <laughs> right? And uh, I, it, it, like, these rebalances, like, again, I understand all these could be cards that you already have, right? Mm-hmm. They're trying to make Venture more competitive. On its face, that doesn't bother me. But the Teferi thing is just like stomach churning, dude. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, okay. Uh, I never actually want to look at that version ever again. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to be confused. Yeah. Here's the thing that, like, instead of just creating a completely new format where you rewrite the cards that you created, um, put all your resources into Modern, into Legacy, into Pioneer, Put those on your digital client that you're putting all your support into. And guess what? That's where you can play your brainstorm. Sure, it's banned in historic. Sure, Teferi's banned in whatever. But you could have it. I mean, like, like really, look at the banned list of Legacy. It is, in like, f- for the amount of cards that exist in the format, it is so minuscule. It's so small. Mm-hmm. That you know what, I'm fine with Deathrite Shaman being banned because it was too good, um, but 
like rewriting Death Right, removing like one of its like key abilities that you've played over and over and over again, just dumb. Like that. Like I don't want that. Nope. Who is actually wanting that? Uh, the accountant. That yeah. Is trying to hit. The, I mean. Oh, and by the way, we don't know that. Uh, Death Right clears this arbitrary nebulous bar of iconic or not. Mm-hmm. So you know maybe maybe it's only a seven on the iconic scale, Cameron, and it has to be an <laughs> yeah. eight. You have to have a seven point five. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like otherwise you're not iconic enough. And whoop. um, but like it's just kind of hilarious. Uh, okay, <laughs> whatever. Absurd. We can it's keep absurd. going down this list, <laughs> yeah. but it, it it is just so like and, and it's sad because. There are people that genuinely love Historic, that have stayed on this train, that went through the Jumpstart Historic Horizons anthology Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo release that they did, <laughs> and are like, they stuck with it, and then they see this, and they're like, what the heck? And I know Watsy's going to couch this as, bros, we banned this. This is us bringing it back. Um, does this mean wild cards for Teferi? Because it feels like it does. This card that you took out of my account that I had, mm-hmm. then you rebalance and give it back to me in a worse form that may or may not be playable, but hey, would you mind spending some wild cards to find out? And again, I, you know, I, I was talking to you whenever they first started uh, stu- with the alchemy stuff. Is this what we should be spending money on anymore? Like, how should we be couching our money on digital magic? And it's getting tougher and tougher to justify. Like, if I'm just being honest with you, and I don't think this is going to happen because of the nature of the game, but if Flesh and Blood had a digital client that's worth anything, I'd be really worried about, like, how much magic I would actually be consuming right now, right? Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. Guys, I've tried to read a Yu-Gi-Oh card, and I just can't. I just don't think it works (laughs) with my old man brain. Um, But anyway, it's just sad. Uh, All right, Cameron, let's get out of this segment, come back, talk about what else we've been up to. All right, Cameron. So we kind of shot from the hip today. I didn't actually fill out the show notes because, uh, yeah. you know, we just had a bank. So what else have you been up to this week, man? Uh, I've been on like a, a weird, like, I don't know, trippy thing. I've been playing a lot of guitar. I mean, mm-hmm. that's been like a really good, like kind of side hobby. Uh, still reading Fantastic Four. And that might be like one of the. Um, most embarrassing holes I've had in like my nerd knowledge as far as like what's going on. Like just incredibly good. Like I, I really, 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 really love that. Um, I've been playing a lot of Witcher and we started watching the Witcher. So like there, like I've never watched the season one. So I'm checking that out. Um, Henry Cavill continues to impress me as being like, like incredibly charming, I think a legit good actor, and perfectly suited for Superman, yet perfectly underused in the context of Superman. Um, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. So like I haven't been doing anything. A lot of new things. It's just been a lot of like revisiting Witcher. Um, finally, I think finally gonna finish that game. Finally. Oh man, you are pushing then. So this is not yeah. a short game. No. Um, you know, the, the thing that I like about the Witcher series, and I have only watched one episode of season two because it's kind of my busy season. So even watching TV can be a little bit tough. But um, 
I remember when they did the casting, you know, people were kind of mortified at the casting of Jennifer, this actress that they had never heard of. She's obviously quite a bit younger than Henry Cavill. And, you know, hey, for better or for worse, in the in the actual lore, the witches in The Witcher, uh, you know, make themselves look super young. They can basically dictate their appearance. Uh, you know, and again, I there are many very justifiable criticisms of that perspective. I'm not... But I think she does bring a lot to that character. Um, and they do a good job of showing throughout the the series that's kind of mirrored in the books, these two characters don't have like a healthy relationship. Um, however, they do, they do manage to do some great things, you know, together, but it is not this like super perfect relationship. And I think that's something that's in the books. It's, it's kind of in the games, but not nearly to the extent because Triss is also mm-hmm. a major factor in the, the games. Um, but I, I, I was really impressed with that performance, especially considering it's somebody that, I think took a lot of unnecessary kind of um, heat for that, uh, Mm -hmm. for being cast in that spot. Like, what are you supposed to do? Turn that roll down, you know? Um, Anyway, so here's what I've been playing, Cameron. What do you know about Loop Hero? Not a thing. So Loop Hero is an indie game that came out on Steam six, seven, eight months ago, something like that. And it got released for Switch uh, a few weeks ago. And it is the kind of... I would describe this game as a problem for me. Okay? It is a combination role-playing management sim, tile map placement, and card game. And so when you're like putting the checklist of things that maybe uh, would be good fits for Curtis... That's really high on the list. Um, yeah. It's a little bit obtuse at times. I don't love the art style. Like, the basic thing is you go on an expedition, it puts you through a loop. All the battles are automated. So all you're doing between battles is basically setting where the enemies go, setting what your hero does, and you've got to hit this balance of getting your hero strong enough to fight the boss, but also not killing them, right? Um, and... Then in between matches, you get into the card management element, the base building, and the tile management element. And it's a really cool indie. The thing that worries me is like the depth of it seems to be a little bit more surfacey than I would like, especially mm-hmm. compared to something like Slay the Spire, which is, I mean, the one, one of the most deceptively deep games I've ever played in my life. Um, and so this falls short of that, but fa- fantastic. A little pickup for like fifteen. I'm gonna bucks. put it in my wish list, and I might check it out. Yeah, 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 dude. And it's it reeks of a game that's gonna go on sale one day, and you're gonna play. Mm. It does. It does do a lot of the hey, this has got a mouse interface. So when mm-hmm. you're on a switch, you know you're moving the cursor with your analog sticks, which is a little bit the. Um, that's that's uh, Curtis for not great. I don't know <laughs> who thought that it would be okay to just map a mouse to an analog stick. That started like with Destiny. But like No Man's Sky does it. It's just yeah. terrible. Like, please stop. Um, but anyway, a really cool game. I don't know if it would have cracked my top few, but I kind of stopped cold on Halo um, because <laughs> I got past all the open world stuff and I'm getting into these final missions. And it was just very rote shootery stuff. Yep. yep. And so I was just like, you know, I need something a little bit more interesting and a little less, 
intense at this stage of my like day to day. So, all right, Cameron, if someone would like to get a hold of you and you know toss a coin to their Witcher, where could they find you? It's all on Twitter at Cameron underscore McCoy. And I am at Curtis Now. Our official show feed is at Spike Feed MTG. We'll check you guys next week.